think jokes are getting worse or, or, or better? <laughs> Praise the Lord. As Elia was saying, we started a series this morning. It was actually part, part two this morning. This is part one. On the Ten Commandments. Just for the... Could somebody knock that off, please? For the last few weeks, I've been looking at this subject, researching it. And to be honest with you, I feel like I've been ripped off. I feel like I, I, I've, I've been counseled by God with regards to the Ten Commandments, and I'm quite shocked by things I've missed, quite shocked by my own heart attitude to them. Now, I don't know how your past was or how when you got saved, what your attitude was to the Ten Commandments, but I must be honest, I, I, I probably disrespected them quite a lot. There were, there's definite reasons for that, and that's what I want to look at tonight. I didn't understand them. I put them in a pigeonhole, and because of that, I lost a lot in my life and probably suffered needlessly. So tonight, you can stay on your tiptoes. I, know, I, I hope, I know, I know it's very hot, but I'm going to give you 21 things, very fast, not long, 21 points divided into three sections, and they're all important, and I want you to analyze yourself and think about your attitude to the Ten Commandments, and maybe, hopefully, we'll clear out any junk that's in there. Okay? The first section concerns the reason why people reject them. I, I don't know if you're aware of it, folks, but in America, there's an almighty move to, to get the Ten Commandments taken out of the, the law. You know, they're there as a tablet in front of the, the, the courts, and they want them removed. And uh, who is it? Ken Ham says that there's no book in the Bible, no two books, more attacked than the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation, the beginning and the end. And right there, one of the key points of the book of Genesis is the Ten Commandments. And you know what those Ten Commandments are? We're calling this series actually the Laws of Joy. Because they are actually the way for you to live a happy life. That's what they actually are. And when you hear that phrase, the Ten Commandments, it can be like a crack of doom, you know? And you, you, you see those old films, indeed, with Charlton Heston and all that. But that's not true. These are the very commandments from your loving Heavenly Father that will enable you to live a life of freedom and joy. That's what they are. Now, they don't come off that way, as I say. So what, first of all, tonight, and I repeat, I feel like God has been counseling me for the last few weeks on this subject. I feel like He's cleared a lot of junk out of my head. There were things my perception of the commandments had been affected by the world, had been affected by what people had said and misunderstandings within me. And maybe they're in you too. Maybe they're in you at home. So why not pause a moment and you assess yourself and maybe reestablish these, the moral laws of God in your heart in a proper way. So why do people reject them? Well, first of all, people reject the Ten Commandments because they say they're just another list of rules and regulations and don't we have enough of that? Could I have my first slide, please? They're just another list of rules and regulations, and in our society, we have got too much of that already. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I need rules. I need regulations. This city that we live in needs rules and regulations. I grew up in Belfast, and that was one lawless city. I used to think that was bad until I was in L.A. once, and I was in L.A. with Pastor Rick, and we were hungry. And we pulled over at this place, a chicken place, you know, and he said, you go in there 
I'm going to go over to that shop and get a little bottle of chili sauce. Well, he nearly got his head blown off. That's a lawless place. He only went across the road next thing. There's guns everywhere. He comes running back, let's get out of here. And we did. We just hightailed it out of that place. It's mad. That's one lawless place. So what? You're saying it's full of, you know, the Bible's full of rules and regulations. You think the human race doesn't need rules? If you removed the police from this city, have you any idea what tomorrow would be like? Complete mayhem. Utter anarchy. Indeed. You say you don't need rules, you must be kidding. This world needs rules. It needs laws. And God understands that as a loving father looking at a wayward race. And that's part of what these do. Look at knife crime or whatever within the UK. So that is not acceptable as any reason. A friend of mine was in Sri Lanka for the first time. And he, he got frightened. You know when you come to a junction in, in, in Europe, if the lights are red, you stop. If they're green, you go. Not in Sri Lanka. Everybody goes into the junction at the same time. And he got the shock of his life. He said this, that when they all dive into the junction, listen, if you happened to knock someone down and kill them, do you know what he said they do? Pull you from the car and beat you to death on the street. Life for life. That's how it works. Kind of a bit of a deterrent. Better than a speed camera, isn't it? You'd really slow down, wouldn't you? Beat you to death on the street. And he got warned when he started driving. Whatever you do, don't go knocking anybody over. Don't tell me that our world can do without laws, because it can't. And God, right at the beginning, puts in rules and regulations, because you need them. For our safety, we need them. Secondly, people say, oh, they're all so negative. Eight out of the Ten Commandments actually say no. And that's not God's fault, by the way. God gave one commandment, not ten. One to Adam. And Adam broke it. And because he broke it, God had to start to add to that and to expand that. Right? They're not actually so much negative because they're, they're negatives that lead to a positive anyway. And God has to say those eight no's to give you two great yeses. Amen? People say that there is no truth and we've dealt with this extensively over the last few weeks. This is a real end times you know, point here that's a real humdinger. The belt of truth is what we need. We need to know where our truth comes from. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? There is a truth and it's found in Christ and you're holding it probably. There is a truth. And people, you know, disregard the Ten Commandments saying there is no way of knowing truth. Yes, there is. They say it's old-fashioned. Yeah, they are. And Ten Commandments are very old. 3,500 years old. We get much more old-fashioned than that. But just because something's old-fashioned doesn't mean that it's not true. Doesn't mean that it doesn't work today. Doesn't mean that it's not highly pertinent and highly relevant. Doesn't mean that at all just means that it's been around a long time that's all and so they have you know there was a an elderly guy who had spent his life lecturing in midwifery he was in his 90s and he was called on a university hospital to come and give a lecture and he made his way slowly to the podium and taught some pearls of wisdom from his long long life in that form of medicine and when he finished a young whippersnapper of a girl in the front row had the cheek to say, excuse me, I think you're too old for this now. 
and I don't think we need these techniques now. And you know what his reply was? He paused a moment and he said, My girl, you came into this world an old-fashioned way, and you'll be going out an old-fashioned way. That was a good reply. <laughs> Amen? There's some things that don't change. And I know these commandments have been around a long time. Lawlessness has been around a long time too. Sin has been around a long time too. It doesn't make them any less effective. People say they ignore the Ten Commandments because they're Jewish. They're not. There's other types of law. That just comes from lack of understanding. There's rabbinical laws, mosaic laws that did apply to the Jews. But the Ten Commandments were never intended for the Jews alone. The Ten Commandments are given to, to, to mankind, to you and I. And I repeat, they are the laws of joy. The biggest argument, and probably the most valid, is, is the sixth point tonight. And that is that people say, well, I don't need to obey the Ten Commandments because I'm not under law. I'm not under the law of God. That's the old covenant. I'm under grace. And this is probably the most, you know, partly justifiable statement that you'll probably hear in, in regards to the Ten. Of course we're under grace. That is absolutely true. Yes, we're not under law. However, this is a moral law. And we obey this because we are saved. Not to get saved. We're not obeying these commandments to get saved. We're obeying them because we are saved. Amen? And seventhly, and this is an argument I've had put to me very recently, and you will have, or you will probably too, and that is people say you don't need the Ten Commandments because love is all you need. Look at Jesus. Now all you need to do is just love everybody and everything will be okay. <laughs> no, love is not God. Love is not God. Just loving people, everything will not be okay. Do you know a man will go out and commit adultery? And he will justify it in his mind by saying this, but we love each other. It's all right, isn't it? You don't understand. We love each other. Someone will lie. And they will justify it because they had to do it because they were protecting someone or whatever. Someone will steal and justify it on the same basis, saying it was love that drove me to do it. Love is not the basis for disobeying the commandments. Do you know what Jesus said? If you love me, you will. You will actually obey the commandments, not disobey them. It's ridiculous. It just comes from, again, a lack of understanding of them. So there are some reasons why people don't, you know, focus on the Ten or respect the Ten Commandments. Secondly, could I have my next slide, please? Secondly, I want to look at reasons why you and I should study them. Reasons we should focus on them and the good that it will do. Well, firstly, it will help you define sin and to know exactly what sin, in, sin is in your life. Some of the evangelism team have a little checklist they take out on the street, you know, and people come up and they say, you know, are you a sinner? No. And they just start with a little list. Do you mind filling out a questionnaire? And the lost person says, no, no problem. Okay, let's start. And it's a piece of paper produced by the way of the master. And you, you start and you just go through the, the Ten Commandments and you see how far people get. Every person here is a sinner. Every person here has broken those commandments. Maybe not all ten, right, in a literal sense. But you will have broken those commandments. And it's a very sobering exercise to actually go through those ten. So why should you study them? Well, number one, it helps you to find sin 
in your own life. It helps you to see what's wrong within you. Secondly, it will help you receive guidance. If you're not, I'm fed up of people coming to me asking me for specific guidance when they won't obey God in the big picture. If you're not willing to play by the rules like everybody else, don't seek little answers from God on specifics. And the great thing about the 10, if you obey the 10 commandments, then you can seek God for little specifics and guidance and you'll get them and it won't be confusing. But it's a very confusing life if you refuse the, the big stuff, refuse the big picture, and then expect to be guided in small things. It will help you avoid suffering if you stick within the confines of these. It will help us have a good society. And I think it's, it's terribly sad, you know, the damage that, that sin does. We're just so used to it, we can't see it anymore. Do you know there's two ways for you to find out about sin and evil? First hand and second hand. First hand, this way. Or through your mum. Or through your dad. Or through the pulpit. That's how you can find out about sin. You can hear about it. You can learn about it. And do you know if you do that? You will keep your joy. You'll keep your fellowship with God. You'll walk in peace with God. Because you will have learned about sin second hand. And you'll stay safe. But there's another way to learn about sin. And it gives you great, great suffering. And that's firsthand. And every father, every mother, you know what it's like when your child gets to 15 or 16 and they say, I'm going to town. And it's 10 o'clock at night and they're heading in, not coming home. And you want to protect them. And that's exactly what these commands are given by your loving Heavenly Father to you for, to protect you from the knowledge of evil. In the garden, there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God wanted to protect you from it, us from it. But Adam took that knowledge, first-hand knowledge of evil, and down comes the human race. So these commandments are given by a gracious God to keep us back from evil, to make us aware of it, to make us wise to it. You don't want a first-hand knowledge of evil, amen, in any way, shape, or form. These commandments would help us with our society if only we would respect them and incorporate them. These commandments would help us guide our children. And I grew up in a very godly home. I, I've shared that many times, and I thank God Almighty for that. My dad was a very wise man, my mother a godly woman. And the balance of, of the commandments and the truth of God ran through our home as long as I can ever remember. My dad didn't always walk close to God, but he didn't father me until he was 40-odd, right? So the only thing I ever knew was him in a godly state. And these, these principles gave us a happy home. They truly did. We thank God for that. They're good principles, good commandments. The law is good, as, as the Scripture says. And lastly, and reasons why we should study these is because these are the commandments of the Lord. And through obeying these, you know and I know that we can please God. We can please the Lord who sent His Son to die for us. That's a, a sound reason to move us, to obey them, to follow them. So firstly, why do people not? And I've given you seven reasons, and maybe some of them 
you will find in yourself some of those reasons within yourself. Secondly, why should we study them? Well, there are six reasons right there why we should look at them, study them, and take them home with us. And lastly, just general information about the ten and how they stand. And we'll do two more times together next Sunday in detail on the rest of the commandments. But first, first of all, there were 630 laws, you know, under the, in the Jews, they approximate, under the Old Testament. And God reduces them down in simple form to ten. Five towards God and five towards your fellow man. Very simple. Keeps it nice and clear. Secondly, it's a, it's a sorry, um, the first commandment, there's a very common uh, misconception that if you love, as, a, as I said earlier, if we just love one another, everything will be okay. But that is so not true. Just about one month ago, I was at home with my mum. And she's a, a Catholic, been a Catholic all her life. And we were talking about the gospel. We had one of the best conversations I think we've, we've ever had. It was absolutely fantastic. But at one point she turned to me and she said, the only thing that's important is to love one another. That's, that's all that matters. It's not all that matters. The second five that relate to fellow man are not the most important. First, I am the Lord your God. That's what's most important. There are ten commandments. Five to God and five to man. And the most important five are the first five, not the second. And we had to sit and explain to her, you're making a fundamental mistake, verging on humanism, saying that as long as we love one another, everything's all right. No, it's not. First, he is the Lord my God. And begin to explain, we were brought up in this tradition, mom. We were brought up as Catholics. The, I shall have no idol before me, no craven image. He goes first, you know, mom. God's first. Not our relationships, not our family tree, not how you feel, not how I feel. The first five are more important. You see? God has simplified it right down there. If we will let go of, of old traditions and old things that can hold us back. Thirdly, and this is a bit scary. You know, in the Hebrew, all ten commandments are written in the singular. So that means God speaks each commandment on its own. So he speaks to you, Helen. He speaks to you, Isabel. It is singular. Each commandment is deliberately and specifically written to an individual. So God wants us to take these ten very, very, very personally. These are just general points about them so you can get a, a, a bigger picture. Fifthly, if you break any one of the ten, it is as if you've broken all ten. And it's a bit like a necklace. You know, if you break a necklace, you've, you've broken a necklace. If Jeanette breaks her necklace, she doesn't come to me and say, oh, I broke my necklace in one place. No, you broke your necklace, you've broken your necklace. If you break a window, you've broken the window. And so it is with the Ten Commandments. And James points this out in his epistle. If anyone breaks the law at any one point, he's broken the whole law. And I have done that, and so have you. Sixthly, respect is the essence and the theme 
of them all. And I don't know if anything is more obviously missing within a modern society like Glasgow is than respect. It's been weakened. It's been worn down. Respect for children, for uh, parents for their children. Respect for the law. Respect for anyone in a position of authority. Respect has been worn and worn down. And you know, a bit of travel goes a long way. And get out and about and get around the world and start to have a look at a few other countries and you start to see how disrespectful America, Europe are. Some of the Asian cultures would put us to shame. I remember my shock in Singapore getting on a bus when the school kids would get out and there'd be maybe 10, 15, you know, 15 year olds, boys getting on that bus and the respect with which they would enter the bus if an elderly person would get in. I think, man, whew, that's good. That's a godly thing. And the foundation of all of these commandments is, hey, you respect God and you respect each other. It's as simple as that. Every commandment will, can be traced back to that and actually thou shalt not covet as we'll look at next week. There are two core issues that run through every other commandment. And seventhly, as well as them being dressed, addressed in the singular, these commandments are actually commandments to believers. Because he says, I am the Lord, you're God. So this is something coming right into the house of God, right now to you. I ask you to think again, to reconsider your attitude to the Ten Commandments, go home and read them and read them again and again. And next week, we will continue to open up, I believe, these and see them in a light that maybe we've never seen them in before. You could invite the worship team back. And as we go tonight, maybe just ask yourself, is there any way in which I disrespect these laws of God? And if there are, God forgive me. Look at any joy that's missing in your life and can you trace it back to these ten. Stand with us a moment as they get ready. Hallelujah. Hey. Patience and your great grace with the human race. That even though Adam fell, you graciously and patiently came back to put him on the right track. And God, we embrace the laws of joy. And we receive it from you, Daddy, Abba Father. You're a good Father. Your will towards me is good. Your love for us is abundant. And so you've given us guidelines and safety lines. And we embrace them. God, would you forgive the church Forgive believers and forgive our nation for being so disrespectful towards you. First, you are the Lord, our God, and we shall have no other gods before us. Lord, once again, if there be any idols in our homes or in our hearts, we take them down. Right now, tonight, we take them down. Cleanse our speech from vain talk that we should ever think or taking your name in vain or speaking of you flippantly. 
God, forgive us. We embrace you, Lord. And ask you to give us the grace to obey it. you've heard. I want to ask you to do something, and that is to become a partner with us here at Preparing the Way. By doing so, you can help us to take these essential messages out to many other nations, many other people around the world. You can become a partner by visiting our website, preparingtheway.tv, and there you will find many ways that you can join up. Folks, it is a pleasure and an honor to partner with you in bringing in the end times harvest. God bless you, and once again, thank you for listening.